I'm Aubrey Henderson. I'm a recovering people pleaser turned self-worth coach, here to help you befriend your inner critic, break up with people pleasing, and reconnect with your desire. Every week, I share my answers to your questions, live coaching sessions, interviews, and more to help you reconnect with your self-worth. Have you ever felt stuck in your life and just needed a really fucking good pep talk? Well, babe, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ask Aubrey. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, hello, and welcome back to episode three of our six-part mini-series on our new book, Breaking Up with People-Pleasing. Is that okay? A manual for ditching the exhaustion of people-pleasing and falling in love with yourself. Uh, My name is Aubrey Henderson. I am here with my friend and co-author, Andrea Seidel, and we are going to jump today into chapter three, Why Do I People-Please? Yes. So if you're just popping in now, I do recommend that you go back and listen to the previous episodes where we talk all about, you know, what is people pleasing, you know, why we might people please. Um, And um, we're really going to talk about today. Why do you, I, Aubrey, all of us for recovering (laughs) people. Um, why do we people please specifically us? Um, what is it that we're getting out of it? Like, you know, and, and, and delving a little bit more into your own personal reasons, like figuring out strategies to uncover potential fears that maybe drive people pleasing. I know you're thinking like, what? I'm not afraid of anything. (laughs) (laughs) But there might be some hidden fears underneath there. There might be some core beliefs that you have about yourself that are contributing to people pleasing. And this is all based on science. So we really delved into the the psychology behind people pleasing as well to support you as we wrote this book and also for our own healing and our own journey as well. So we want to understand these core beliefs and, and potential fears that come up and how to approach them. So let's jump into that. Amazing. And just to mention, um, we mentioned this in episode two, but if you're listening to this and uh, you would like to win a free copy of our book, you can take a screenshot right now. You can share um, that image to your social media and tag me and Andrea. We will include our social media tags um, in the show notes. Um, But if you post that and tag us uh, before Thursday, November 25th, 2021, then you will be entered in a drawing to win a free copy of the book. So please go ahead and do that. If this feels like a book that you want to get your own copy of. Wonderful. Amazing. So chapter three, why do I people please? So in the last chapter, chapter two, we kind of talked about kind of a more global you know, set of broad themes that might contribute to people pleasing and what, you know, sort of what needs it meets for us as the people pleaser. And, you know, as we mentioned in that episode, this, this is stuff that can bring up defensiveness for some people, right? Like Andrea was saying, you might look at this and be like, I'm not afraid of anything. Like it's not, it's this, my people pleasing isn't about me, right? (laughs) I think it's how, it's sometimes how people tend to feel. And so I would just encourage you, if you have those feelings of defensiveness that come up just to notice them, that's okay. And, you know, recognize those, but keep an open mind as much as you can and just listen and see if there might be something valuable for you in, you know, what we're going to share. If there's a little something that you can relate to. 
And I think it's good too to just recap kind of what we talked about too, and that we, we tend to people please because we think it will help fulfill our own emotional needs, or you know, people pleasing becomes central to our identity. Just to recap what you were saying mm-hmm. um, in the last episode, and also we lose sight of who we are outside of people pleasing. It becomes part of our identity. I would love for you to share an example of that. I think that 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 might help people understand it a little bit more. And then okay. also, people pleasing allows us to. To avoid looking at our own pain um, yes. by letting us kind of fixate on someone else's pain. Totally, totally. And I can give, I think I can give an example of each of these, right? So I think yeah. for the first one, you know, people pleasing because we think it's going to fulfill an emotional need. That is the person who says, well, if I just can like love this person really well and show them, you know, what it is to be loved, then they can love me the same way in return. You know, if I just keep showing up for them, then eventually they'll show up for me the same way and I won't have to say anything or ask for it, right? Oh my gosh, that is the nail on the head. And remember, if I could just love hard enough, he would stop doing drugs or he would see the value in our relationship and the value in me. And yeah, so true. I love that example. Exactly. Um, And then, you know, when people pleasing become central to our identity, I think about the person who doesn't really know who they are outside of being a people pleaser. This is the person who... um, you know, I I'll meet people and I'll ask them like, what's your favorite thing about yourself or tell me about who you are, describe yourself to me or tell me about your values. And they'll be like, well, I'm really kind. Or, like, I really like to help other people. And it's like, okay, take away other people out of the equation. Who are you, right? Like what matters to you? What's important to you? And when you take away that element of helping others, it's kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't know right? Because people pleasing becomes so central to who we are. Or, you know, when it, when it becomes a question of, well, what is it that you want? Well, I'm fine with whatever the group wants to do, right? Okay. But what, what do you, what do you want though? Right. It's, it's the, it becomes the inability to sort of answer that question as an individual, we lose touch with what it is that we want or what it is that we need because our entire identity is wrapped up in being a people pleaser. And then for this last one, you know, um, people pleasing, letting us avoid looking at our own emotions, our own pain and fixating on someone else's instead, you know, that is, I, I talked a little bit in the last episode about people pleasers kind of really liking to avoid our own feelings and our own emotion. We don't want to name them for others. We don't, you know, want to sit in them for too long. And so that's part of where there's an appeal of saying, you know, no, I'm good. Everything's fine in my life, even when it's not Right everything's fine. I'm all good, but tell me about you. What's going on with you? And how can I help you? And that lets us exist in a space where we feel a lot more comfortable and things feel a lot more familiar is sort of in the, in the universe of other people's feelings and other people's problems. Yeah. So it might show up, you know, in ways too. I love that. I love, thank you so much for the examples. I think examples speak volumes to a lot of people, volume to a lot of people. Um, The other thing is you might find yourself saying yes to things that you actually want to say no to. Like, I know that happened to me a lot, or you might be making your needs, might not be making your needs met or known to anyone around you kind of just like downplay your own needs. Um, and you, you know, you're letting things slide your own things slide basically at the cost of someone else's you put their needs above and the values. And we've talked about this kind of quite a bit, um, in terms of what people pleasing is. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we, you know, the, the, the piece that this chapter really goes into that I think is so important is we sort of dig into 
the root of where this all comes from, right? And ultimately it's a belief about ourselves that is that is underneath all of this, right? And for many people pleasers, there is there is the experience of, you know, we don't we don't necessarily value our own needs very much. They're not prioritized because we we have told ourselves a story for so long that they're not important, especially in comparison to what other people need, right? We might believe that our only value add is to take care of other people. And that reflects a sense of sort of low self-worth and not, not having a sense of, you know, being valuable. And so, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just thinking it's so important too, as we delve into this, um, just to recognize, like looking at this from a place of tenderness and and self-compassion, because, um, even honoring the fact that maybe, you know, you might be afraid of something if you don't people please, or the, like, yeah. maybe, like it, we might be unearthing some emotions um, as we delve into this and just really, you know, honor these feelings that are, might be coming up for you and honor them with compassion and self-compassion and that nice tenderness. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, the big question that this, this chapter asks you to answer as you read it, again, as with all the chapters, there are, there are moments of, of reflection in here and places for you to really kind of sit with this for yourself. This chapter is perhaps one of the most individual of the entire book. And so this is really, it's an exercise for you to ask yourself some questions as, you know, I can't give you the individual answer of Yes. You know, and unless you'd like to come be coached by me, which is something you could <laughs> certainly do, um, then we could explore this for you. This is actually, this chapter is very much what I do with a lot of my coaching clients. Um, but it's, it's really, this chapter invites you to ask yourself one big question. And you kind of got at this briefly, Andrea is really this question of what am I afraid is going to happen if I stop people pleasing? Right. Because really, I mean, if you picked up this book, if you're listening to this podcast, if this is, if this is something that, that piqued your interest, chances are that there's a part of you that, that knows that you'd like to stop at least some component of your people pleasing behavior, but something's holding you back. Right. And you're looking for skills and tools to move through that. And so I think we have to really look at that question. What am I afraid is going to happen? Because if you were, if there was no fear, if it was easy, you would have done it already. Right. So really asking yourself, what am I afraid is going to happen if I stop people pleasing? Let's think of some examples of like, you know, maybe they won't like me or maybe um, I won't be as valued anymore. Maybe, you know, what are some more examples? Yes. I mean, and there are some here too in the book, right? Um, Like I'm afraid that I'll say no or set a boundary and that I'll have to do it anyway, right? That my, that my needs won't be respected, that I'll put my preferences out there, I'll set a boundary and it won't be respected, right? I, I do know also in the drug addiction world, right? If I, if I set a boundary, if I'm too hard on them, they're going to go and do more drugs or they might overdose mm-hmm. or, you know, that guilt and shame and like, yeah, that comes along. And taking responsibility for how somebody else is going to respond. That's right. Um, you know, that there for some people, there's the fear of like, well, what if, what if I'm not worth anything in a relationship, if I can't make the other person happy. And so if I don't make them happy, they'll leave me. Yeah. Right. Or if I, you know, ask for what I need in a work setting, somebody will think I'm too high maintenance or I'm too needy or I'm asking for too much. Or if we're not helping someone else with their problems, then basically we have to be with our own problems and be on our own. Yes. Yes. And just, and for some people that truly the idea of having to sit with your own problems and figure them out is really scary. Yes. Right. Having to sit with your own difficult emotion 
And I think that's something that sounds simple on the face of it, but really the idea of sitting with painful emotion is, is overwhelming for a lot of people and something that we will avoid at all costs. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So let's get into the idea of identifying our core beliefs about ourselves that might be contributing to people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think as you are, as you are asking yourself that question and as you're sitting with that question now, so, you know, what am I afraid will happen if I stop people pleasing that answer is going to be informed by kind of your individual experiences, right? Whoever, and you being you, the individual who is listening to these words right now, you, the individual who's reading this book. And so again, that's why, you know, Andrea and I can't necessarily tell you what's, you know, what that is for you. We could certainly tell you what that is for each of us, but it comes from your history and your specific experience, right? And for, you know, for Andrea, like she shared, that is informed by having loved someone with an addiction, right? And there's that very specific experience. It, for a lot of us, it comes from childhood, right? It go, we can trace it all the way back to being a little kid and how, what we learned about how we get our needs met. But, you know, as you understand what that fear is, so maybe let's say, you know, there's, it's the abandonment fear. Let's use that as an example. Cause I think that's a really common one, right? I'm afraid that if I stop people pleasing and I don't make this person happy or comfortable anymore, then I won't be worth anything and they'll leave me. I'm afraid they'll abandon me that I'll be left. If I stop people pleasing, then you see that people pleasing and your people pleasing behavior is actually a band-aid for a fear of abandonment right? You begin to understand that that behavior is not necessarily just inherent to who you are. It is a way that you're trying to solve for a fear. It is a band-aid that you are using to treat a deep-seated fear and story about yourself, that if you are not meeting a need for others, that you will be left. And so if you are if we can understand that that fear is what's driving the people-pleasing behavior, then we can understand that coming to terms with that fear can also then help us to begin to deconstruct the people-pleasing behavior. It can help us have to have the courage to say, okay, look, this is what I'm afraid of. This is why I'm doing this. And understanding why is how we build the self-compassion to then be able to say, okay, but I know that I also deserve better. Mm, I love that. There's so many amazing nuggets in there and, and, and tough, right? And the, and when we are able to see the patterns of our behaviors and our habits, and when we know that there is a pattern here, perhaps in people pleasing and um, understanding those underlying, maybe core beliefs or fears um, mm-hmm. and kind of neglecting our own, you know, values and needs at the same time. It's like, it's like, you can look at it, we can name it. Right. And, and, and kind of, I always say it's like sitting in that wet diaper a little bit, right. I think being honest with like, Oh my God, I love that expression yeah. so much. It's like, that's totally gross. And also, yes. <laughs> yeah, Cause we have to say like, Oh, sweep it under the rug. I'm good. How are you? Let's look at your yes. problems. Not mine. Um, yes. And I'm, we're not saying that everyone does this, right? It's just that it's, um, it's a, there's a tendency there. And, um, and the idea is too, is just having those wonderful, like the ability to look into like, where is this coming from? Or what is it that I'm needing? What is it that I'm feeling? Like, I feel, you know, like understanding where your people pleasing is coming from is yes. the first, like the first step, right? To healing. And then just compassionately give it love and acknowledgement and asking, you know, what are you afraid of if you stopped people pleasing? Just that yes. question alone is like, well, I think people wouldn't like me as much. Yes. <laughs> or, 
you know, but then what would be the benefit of, you know, harnessing it and kind of creating boundaries? And like you said, what did you say? The gutters, the, the, and the guardrails, guardrails, right. Putting up the guardrails so that you can um, protect yourself and not be depleted around that. I think it's also too, it's understanding that like when we've adapted you know, with people pleasing behaviors to try to solve for a fear. And we've, we're so used to these, these behaviors and habits are so ingrained. We often don't stop to ask ourselves. And what this chapter invites you to do is to ask yourself, are, are these behaviors actually helping me to avoid my, my fear? Which is like, if we use the abandonment or rejection example, like if I don't people please, I'll be rejected. Are you actually avoiding rejection though? And that's, I think the question to really ask yourself of that you could, you know, with any of the fears, like, are you actually avoiding your fear through people pleasing or is it a band-aid solution? And with something like rejection, what I argue is that sure, maybe you're avoiding your significant other. You think they'll break up with you if you stop kind of prioritizing them and their wants and needs, but you're not avoiding rejection because you're rejecting yourself. Mm -hmm. right? You're rejecting your authentic self before someone else can reject it for you, right? You're saying who I truly am is, is not acceptable. I don't think it's good enough. And I, I think they'll reject it. So let me suppress it first and project something else to them. So they can't reject me. Right. So you're, you're still being rejected. You're just being rejected by yourself, which I'd argue is sadder, is more (laughs) painful and is more damaging over time than being able to say, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm afraid of rejection. Rejection sucks. Abandonment is a terrible experience, but it also is one that we can survive if we're not abandoning and rejecting ourselves. Yes. Oh my God. You said that so well. And, and even like the fear of loneliness, like being alone. Like, I think that happens a lot too, when, especially when you love someone with an addiction, right. And then you're, you're worried, like, you know, if you're not looking after them, you're not taking care of them, you're not making them a priority. You're not people pleasing them. You know, are they still going to need you? Are they still going to be around? Yeah. You? Or are you going to drive them to go do behavior that you don't even have control over? Yes. But at the same time, you're completely neglecting your own need. Um, you're going to end up, you're feeling more lonely actually in the, in the long run. Um, so this is huge. Now this, let's take a deep breath. Cause this, this subject matter is kind of deep and like, you know, heavy. And sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, getting honest with yourself. Like, what are you afraid of if you stop people pleasing? Uh, and right. just getting real about that is, you know, offer yourself compassion around the answer. Um, this is, this is one of the steps in isolating, you know, what, what need are you actually needing or what, what is it that you're actually scared of? Like, I think for me, a lot of it is, is I was scared to be alone. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was scared again, that it would drive someone's behavior to go do something that would be, you know, detrimental. Yes. And so then it's like looking at that need from the lens of like, okay, like I understand it now I get it. That makes sense. And like honoring, it makes sense that I'm doing that. So how can I now turn that? Like, how can I make myself not feel lonely, not feel alone? Right. Yes. And, um, and, and recognize the difference between solitude, like time to yourself, rebuilding yourself and everything, but also surrounding myself with loving people and, and, and people that, um, enjoy my company and that value me. And I value myself in that process. I really love your example of that. Like, you know, you're almost defeating the purpose when you're though staying in that necessarily relationship. Yes. Yeah. So it's amazing. And we get into a huge amount of relationship stuff in the 
future chapters. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my goodness. So much, so much good stuff coming up. But for this chapter, the takeaways really are that people pleasing is a fear response. Like so many of our kind of behaviors. I mean, as humans, we, we are responding to fear in a lot of ways. And so, you know, people pleasing is a fear response. We've, we've learned these behaviors to develop an outcome that we're afraid of. And so it really becomes about identifying what that fear is. What am I afraid will happen if I stop people pleasing? And then looking at that fear with a lot of compassion and really understanding that, you know, if you're, if you're struggling with people pleasing, then people pleasing is not actually the most adaptive solution to soothing that fear for you. And so you become then able to make space to develop new strategies and new skills to soothe that fear in a healthier way and a way that is more affirming to you and a lot less destructive. And that is what we're going to dive into oh. in the next couple chapters. My favorite. So this Yay. is where we can take back our power and basically how we can stop people pleasing. And it's such a wonderful episode. So hopefully you stay tuned. You come and listen to that next episode because this is where we can make lasting change. This is where we can really shift and it'll feel so positive and great and just like bring you to a place that feels empowering. Absolutely. Here Absolutely. So we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved it, please take a second to subscribe on your favorite platform, leave a rating or a review, and take a screenshot and share it on social media or with a friend who needs to hear a message like this one. I love the chance to hear from you and connect with you because it gives me the opportunity to remind you that you are worthy, worthy of wholeness and happiness and just good things. So send me the question or the topic that's keeping you up at night or that you just want to hear more about. You can send me a voice memo at anchor.fm slash Aubrey Henderson. And I can actually include any voice memos that you send me in the show, which I think is pretty rad. Or you can send a good old fashioned written message from my website at aubreyhenderson.com. I'll see you next time, babes. <laughs>